I think I would say I'm pretty grateful for social media during the pandemic. I think it's been helpful. Or has it? <laughs> dum, dum, dum. <laughs> I was going to do the doo-doo-ch, but that doesn't make sense because you're not telling a joke. No, I'm really not. It's, <laughs> there's no punchline to this. I don't know where you got that, but... I think social media has been a blessing, but also a curse. I think there's pros and cons, like how there is to everything. But I think it's brought a lot of good opportunities and has been able to really connect us. You know, you know what I'm saying? But it's also been very destructive. Have you guys been using a lot of uh, social media more during the pandemic? Which is, it's kind of an obvious answer. Oh yeah, like maybe six months ago, I wasn't even really familiar with TikTok that much. And now I'm on that app literally every day. But if I'm being honest with you, I think TikTok's actually a pretty cool app. There's a lot of cool stuff on there. Yeah. I think it's what you can like give or take. Like you learn a lot. Mm-hmm. You have to skim through all the useless BS, BS that's mm-hmm. on there. Interesting, though, they use a pretty strong algorithm, so they kind of over time pick up what you like. That is true, but yeah. I also feel like there's a lot of um, geotagging and like location-based. Oh, yeah. So if something is popular in your location, like for example, we're in Ontario, mm-hmm. so that would be pushed on our feed, even mm-hmm. though we're not interested in it. Yeah. But that's just them, like, propagating media and market, I Mm -hmm. guess. I've tried to, in a sense, because I know they're watching me. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) Like, I know the algorithm. FBI man. (laughs) If you're there. I know they're listening. You know, though, when you're in conversation and you're talking about freaking Cheetos, and next thing you know, you see an ad for Cheetos out of nowhere on your phone? Did it happen? All the time. That doesn't happen to you? No, I mean like today because I remember Kim was Dude, eating. it happens like every day to that me. That is true. Literally. So I try and beat it where it's like I don't um, like stay looking at a certain thing for so long. Like I try to just keep swiping as fast as possible <laughs> so they don't take in how long I'm staying at like looking at that photo because they do watch those things. But that's the thing though. It's like even though you think you're outsmarting the system. I'm not. You're really not. I know. They're just, yeah. It's the micro movements, right? Like Mm -hmm. a split second and they have data that they're going to use for the rest of your life. Literally. Maybe they just think that you're super diverse in your interests. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. Yeah. So you can't escape it. Yeah, but that also helps them. Yes, because that's the goal. At the end of the day, they're trying to make you stay on these devices, or not devices, these platforms for as long as possible. Mm-hmm. They're basically turning us into zombies in a sense where, you you know, you, it happens all the time where you start swiping and next thing you know, it's 45 minutes later and it's like, what, what the hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> like, where did the time go? Yeah, I think targeted ads, I personally have noticed more of them now mm-hmm. um, with monetization and even YouTube. If you think about that, like a couple years ago, there were you, no ads. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Like back in 2012 wasn't really that common. And like you start the video and there's like two back to back ads. Like I understand someone has to make money, right? right? It's a free platform. Companies are pushing their ads. You know, they, they want to bring in revenue. I mean, it makes sense because if you see a Swiffer as an <laughs> ad and you're like, oh man, I could really go for a Swiffer right yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it that, is what it is. That like, literally reminds me of when um, the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, we've been talking about this. In that documentary, they literally said, if you are not paying for the product, then you are, are the, the product. product. Yeah. It's so freaking true. And if you really think about it, like it's so weird that something that is marketed as free mm-hmm is essentially using us as the commodity. Oh, yeah. You know, totally. some, if you oh, see yeah. something 
and if it's like free like facebook to this day they're like it's gonna be free mm-hmm. uh, and it always will be mm-hmm. but then that there's a catch how is it free when there's billions and millions of people like how are you guys making money enough and also like if you look at stocks i know like with the whole stock market thing is different but they are making money off of us mm-hmm. oh absolutely they data mine you and they basically more so try to analyze what you like what you don't like so that way they can figure out what the general public wants to buy mm-hmm. but that's yeah exactly because then you realize like like ashley said like in from the social dilemma it's like mm-hmm. you scrutinize how we are being the sole reason these companies are staying afloat yeah if we weren't into this mm-hmm. Which obviously wouldn't have happened because it's such a lucrative market. Mm-hmm. You know, you stay connected with friends, you laugh, you, you know, share memes, you uh, heart react to something. Mm-hmm. It's so nice to us, mm-hmm. but it's also so personal to us. But they're making profit off of something that's pretty personable. Yes, and they know that it's personable too because there's a gradual slight change in perception and when it comes to ads and how they generate ads and um, only show you ads that they know are things that you are more attracted to and drawn to. For yeah. you, even when I think about you, every day you're sending us stuff on um, Facebook or whatever, just of yeah. things that you see online that you want to buy and stuff. And I feel like some of those maybe come from ads I that you see. I am not kidding mm-hmm. when I say that, honestly, with the pandemic, supporting small local businesses is great. Mm-hmm. But in the past one week of us talking about candles... I have every single day I'm on Instagram, I see a candle ad Crazy. from oh some local business. But then you think, okay, but how is it local? But how is it being marketed on Instagram so hard? Yeah. And like, wh- what's happening? That's so true. Like, I remember you had your little obsession with air fryers. Yeah. I'm telling you, maybe like a week later, I was getting ads for air fryers on Amazon. And and memes too. Yeah, it's like, okay, if we're talking about it out loud, are they actually tuning into what what we're saying? And is the system kind of similar to like an Alexa or a Google Home where they pick up on like specific keywords? I was so scared the Google was going to go off. Oh my God. (laughs) No, 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 it's fine. Because I was looking at it, I was like, please don't say, hey, oh, never mind. I'm not going to say the word. (laughs) Yeah, no, 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 no. (laughs) It's going to wake up. But no, that's true because... Also, I, I don't think they actively listen, but it's... Because let's be honest, if you are interested in a product, you're going to go on Google, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Google, you're going to Google air fryer prices um, in Best Buy mm-hmm. or Walmart. Mm-hmm. And from there, they're like, oh, this person is interested in air fryer. This person is also interested in electronics. Mm-hmm. Maybe they'll be interested in a new iPhone. Yeah. And yep. then... Or maybe just through like key logging, just because you even typed in the word air fryer. Exactly. Because of that conversation we had. Yeah, because we were talking about um, ad preferences on Google. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's another really good thing. Yeah, and it's it's crazy how they can predict our age group and our um, sexual identity. Yes, yeah. Just based on the things that we have searched up and then base the ads Mm -hmm. on those things. Yeah, and the social dilemma was talking about how these things that allows them to to predict our models, like the models of individuals that are created by these companies is what allows them to predict and then choose, you know, what ads and things that they're going to show. So it's all based off of algorithms, like, and it's all stored too. Like every single person that has some device, everything is stored and they're watching everything that you're doing. Isn't that funny? We're so predictable. Honestly, I didn't even think humans could be that predictable because if you look at everyone's personality and environment and upbringing, we're all so diverse. Mm -hmm. Yet we somehow have the same interests or 
algorithm on TikTok or uh, Snapchat or Facebook. Mm-hmm. It's, it's and make, we can yeah. all suffer from like the same like in a sense this is an addiction you know like we're all suffering under the same yeah i was just thinking like are we telling them what they should be selling us or are they telling us what we should be buying i actually have something cool to say for that so i recently (laughs) was listening to this podcast which kind of elaborates um on social media addiction based on um human um psychology Mm -hmm. and so going off of your question, they're essentially looking at our micro-movements, right? Yeah. So they are basing their um, model or algorithm on um, prediction based on our addiction. Mm-hmm. So it's an addiction prediction model. Wow. I know it's a lot of words. A lot of words. But if you mm-hmm. think about it, it's they're getting us addicted. Yeah. And they're predicting our next movements. Yeah. And they're profiting off of it, essentially. Totally. Wow. Which is insane, but... At the same time, do you guys think we're at that point where we're addicted to social media? Well, to even answer that question, you really have to define addiction because a lot of people will interpret it differently, right? Mm-hmm. Considering the fact that it is, like, I personally see it as a spectrum. You know, you can be dependent on something, but I feel like when I think of an addict, they're going through, like, an intense level of turmoil when they don't mm-hmm. have access. But, like, most of us here could probably go a couple hours a day without even using social media or touching our phone, especially if you're working or studying or whatnot. Yeah, but I will say though, yes, you can go a couple hours not doing it, but say you were to lose your phone or something and you weren't able to go on like social media for say like even four days. Do you think that you would experience withdrawals from not being on social media? So when I was working in Alberta, sometimes we'd go without connection for like a week, which wasn't super common but it would happen and honestly because i was in an environment where i was you know around a lot of different stimuli or stimulus um i didn't feel the need or desire to really go on my phone Mm -hmm. but i feel like because i'm at home i'm stuck in the middle of a pandemic i'm a student life is very slow and i just don't really have a lot of like exterior activities happening so it's environment I was going to say it's circumstantial, like you were kind of forced to be without data Mm -hmm. because it's hard to access data in the wilderness, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. But if you're at home and it's so easily accessible, like even if you think like 20 years ago, 30 years ago when Wi-Fi wasn't even a thing, you know how hard it is, how how hard it was to get on the internet, you Mm -hmm. know, dial up. I just also feel like the type of society we had 20, 30 years ago, it wasn't structured around social media and technology the way it is today. Oh, for sure. And because, you know, our society today makes us so much more dependent on social media and technology, it's a lot harder to adapt and adjust. I do. I I was going to agree on the um, whole addiction thing, because if you think about it, addiction was there before social media. Yeah. Like to substances, yeah. like um, to pornography mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Gambling. And gambling, yeah. Shopping. Exactly. And I feel like in a way, sure, like addiction was there, but social media also makes it easier to get even more addicted. Oh, totally. 100%. You know, so it's kind of like a trickle down effect mm-hmm. that they're feeding off of their prediction yeah, it makes, that we're going to be addicted. Yeah, it makes it so much easier. Even if you think of gambling addictions, how there's so many sites that people can go onto where obviously casinos aren't open right now. So they're able to go online and gamble all they want, you know? So it's so much more accessible, which makes it so much more scary and um, detrimental, I think, overall to mm. uh, the human race. <laughs> 
yeah like, that is actually really true you know yeah and i feel like another thing when you think about it when you're bored it's actually really really painful like yeah. ever think back to a time where you're in class and you're just sitting there and you literally have nothing to do but to focus on this boring thing and then when i think of social media it's a constant flow of novel information like you scroll through facebook there's going to be all these new articles whether it's science politics you name it and because you're constantly being stimulated that also really attributes to why people become so dependent and addicted and so short attention span too yeah yeah and i also think that with the boredom short attention span we are more likely to become repetitive in the things we do yeah because the whole social media um, model and algorithm is really based on our repetitive behavior Mm -hmm. now this is one thing that i recently learned too because repetitive behavior isn't bad you know like if we're automatically doing something it helps us in our daily life if if we stopped to think about something every single time we did like if we stopped to think what before we took a glass of water Mm-hmm. you know how difficult things would have been yeah but i feel like social media kind of inculcates this um aspect of um maladaptive repetitive behavior that we get into the loop so hard mm-hmm. that we find it hard to kind of like get away from it yeah and it's so yeah. hard to wean off of that and that's what they're kind of targeting as well wow yeah. i also feel like naturally most people are creatures of habit you know like when you have a routine going on you feel a lot more comfortable and that can also really cater towards this whole situation. <laughs> yeah. Because if you think about it, humans are meant to use every bit of our, like, neural circuit. Yeah. In, like, thinking, social activity. And that this is what research says, apparently, that social media kind of makes us use our neural circuitry way less. Hmm. Like, we're getting way too dependent on it where we're not actively using that circuitry that makes us human. Mm-hmm. You know, that like automation that I was talking about, a little bit is necessary. Mm-hmm. But if you're doing it over and over and over again, you're just not using your brain capacity. Oh, yeah. Or like your physiology is just being stagnant. Do you think that's why kids these days or some of them aren't as smart? <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't doubt, like I, so, I think kids can be smart. Even oh, on totally. social media, Because, you know, it depends on what they're um using Mm -hmm. like on social media like what kind of information they're getting yes Mm -hmm. because i remember as a kid my mom used to be like oh don't watch like stupid cartoons you're gonna be stupid yeah Yeah. i don't necessarily think there's much basis to it because Mm -hmm. cartoons are just appealing right Mm -hmm. but i do agree that you know like if a kid is like solving crossword puzzles and you know like reading yeah on the internet going outside and playing like i seriously wonder like back in the day the kids that were growing even when we were growing up too because we weren't on social media growing up like we were able to entertain ourselves some way somehow you guys were only children like you're only child you know so you guys definitely like had to come up with ways to entertain yourself and i'm sure sometimes it got boring you know but like (laughs) It's just the way how it's really changed and it was a gradual slow one, but now it seems like it's really just taken a, a sh- like a dive straight up, you know, when it comes to kids and their attention span and like entertaining and even adults too, like with us, you know, like if I'm sitting in the house for a couple hours bored, I feel like I'm losing brain cells if I'm on my phone for such a long time, but it's like, okay, what else am I going to do? Exactly, you know? yeah. So that's why I'm trying to read more because it really helps. I feel like I'm being more productive and I'm not really frying my brain cells, quote unquote, even though, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes me think of this really funny time. It was sometime in high school when um, Pokemon Go, I think it was called, was really popular. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. 
So for anybody that doesn't know what the game is, basically it's kind of virtual. It's in the sense that you're outside and you're looking for these Pokemon in different areas. Mm -hmm. So I went for a bike ride. It was the summertime and I was biking at this park and I see so many kids outside and I was like, holy, I haven't seen this many kids out since I was a kid myself. Wow. But lo and behold, I keep on biking and I see like this eight or nine year old boy literally holding an iPhone. <laughs> Like, I my phone wasn't even worth half of what his phone was, and I, I am twice his age basically at that point. A smartphone until I was in grade eleven. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I'm just thinking. My mom <gasps> literally gave me a brick phone for the like most part of my life, mm -hmm. just for calling and texting, just to see where I was. Yeah, and I remember the first time my mom gave me a smartphone. Uh, a couple months later, she got so annoyed that I was on it. She actually ended up breaking it. Wow. She Damn. checked it on the ground. Wow. Broke into a thousand pieces. She's like, I ain't buying you another one. I was like, okay. Okay, wow. mama. <laughs> she was suffering. It'd be like that, it you It really know? did. Powerful move. Oh my gosh. I do have to say something that Ashley was talking about too, um, with occupying your mind. Mm -hmm. um, because there was this thing that I just read with social media. It's hard to gauge attention and it has to be 23 minutes or more mm -hmm. of undivided attention that you're pouring in. With social media, it's very hard because you keep scrolling. Your attention mm. is very chaotic. It's all over the place. Mm. You're not uh, having that attention span. And But if you're reading or you're painting, yeah. you're mm. fixated on that task. You're spending more than 23 minutes of that undivided attention, mm. which leads to more, you know, gratification. Yes. Or even learning in, in, at that point. Like yeah. you're learning way more. It's more fruitful. Oh, yeah. 1000% I totally agree with that. So uh, why do you think that social media, what do you think about it makes it so addictive? Like for you, you know, they talk about the like button on Instagram, Facebook, whatever. Like, do you think what is the most addictive part for you about being on social media? I feel like just generally speaking, um, humans are very curious creatures and it's actually like Trisha was telling me about how gossiping is an adaptation and when you think about it, social media tells you what's going on in other people's lives and I feel like most of us are pretty curious to know about our loved ones or friends mm -hmm. and just always keeping up to date with everything going on on like Instagram or Facebook, that kind of almost makes you a little bit more dependent. Mm -hmm. That's what I think at least. I don't yeah. Know. Or like having the obsessive need to uh, check on others. Yes. Yeah. I think that yeah. really plays in. Oh yeah, the fear of like, FOMO. Fo FOMO. It all comes yeah. down to FOMO, literally. I feel like I'm missing out and even when it comes to watching like Instagram stories, I don't know why my mind is so messed up where I feel like I need to watch every single story just to <laughs> feel like I know it's happening. Yeah. But that was a couple months ago where I really had to um switch that over because I was spending way too much time on Instagram just watching a bunch of stories of people that to be honest, I didn't even really care <laughs> about what they were doing. And that's okay. Like, you know, I only swipe through and watch the people that I actually care about now. And, like, I put restrictions on my phone so I'm not on social media for so long. But Quick question, though. Yeah. Like, what are some tips that you can provide for people to just cut down on social media and to kind of reduce those urges? Yeah, I think... I, I don't know if Samsung's have this option, but iPhones for sure. The restrictions, like I was talking about, I only allow myself to be on social media for two hours a day. 
Um, and so that really has helped um, in reducing the amount of time I'm on my phone. Mm -hmm. um, you are allowed to like continuously, you know, extend that time if you want. Like it's not like they completely shut you out. If you want to extend it, you can extend it. But I think you just need to be disciplined and actually sit down with yourself and be like, okay, this is something that is actually taking over my life. Where do I want my life to go? What do I want to do and accomplish and achieve with my life? And how is sitting on this device helping me get there? You know, so I think it's just about self um, reflection and realizing, okay, what is this doing for me? I think social media and um, de de devices and platforms can have a lot of benefits. Like I've learned so much about the world and, you know, keeping up with current events and being informed. You know, I follow a lot of doctors on Instagram and I just like seeing their content. But I think you need to be honest with yourself and know when enough is enough and to take a step back and draw the line somewhere, you know? You know, going off of the enough is enough um, argument, it actually is a scientific theory, and it's actually proven too, that humans have the ability to self-regulate. Mm -hmm. And if we make the choice today that, hey, we're not going to consume so much social media, we're going to change our lifestyle, we actually have the ability to change our neural circuitry, like just ne like neuroplasticity, like how our brain changes. It's called self-regulated um, neuroplasticity where we kind of force our physiology mm -hmm. to make these changes. Mm. And that's how like even like um, addicts who decide to go clean, that's how they kind of do it. Like, you yeah. know, they force themselves. They're like, I'm going to go to AA. I'm not going to relapse, all that stuff. And mm -hmm. that definitely plays into the whole thing of like consuming social media. Yeah, and just like what you were saying before, your environment really plays a huge role in that too. Like earlier when I mentioned that I was um, up north and camping, because you have a completely different mindset, you just don't have that expectation like, oh, I'm going to go and reach over for my phone, or oh, I have access to Wi-Fi right now. Um, it almost resets your understanding of, I guess, what's accessible at the time, mm -hmm. so you don't really feel the urge to constantly go back to it over and over again. I actually have a question for the two of you. Mm -hmm. Do you feel gratified when you receive a like or a comment? And do you keep going back for that gratification that social media has to offer? Yeah, I do. And Absolutely. It, there's the yeah. science behind it too. The dopamine release, it like, you yeah. know, the, the satisfaction and the gratification, you know, you feel from getting that like, it's, it's, it's the same. Yeah. As, as and do you think that's kind of a reason why we keep going back? That tied with you know, our need to look into other people's lives and be Absolutely, connected. Absolutely, because when you think about it, I, I feel like everybody has consistent likers. You always have that set of friends who will always like your posts. And like, when I look through those likes and check who liked what, it's kind of like, oh, okay, you got me, I got you too. You yeah, know? it makes you feel important and valued. Yeah, exactly. And the expectation, you know, like if I post something... I hope I get like good likes or yes. comments mm -hmm. yes. or, you know, some people or, or it reaches a certain demographic that I want to see, you know, like, like an goal. ex, like a husband, yeah, oh. husband. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. you know, all those like girls posting thirst trap for their crushes, you know, they, they're like, they posted for 20 minutes and up until their crush sees it, they're like, okay, now I'm going to delete this. Yeah. <laughs> There's actually something really cool about that though. What? Because humans are always looking for gratification. It's that instant gratification mm -hmm. because we feel that up until we don't, up until we get something from the outside, we're not going to feel good inside. Mm -hmm. You know, like we keep reaching for that external thing and we place so much faith in it to mm -hmm. make us feel good 
that we keep relying on it. And that's insane to me. But it shouldn't be like that, yeah, though. That's really interesting. It kind of makes me think back to my class from last semester, Positive Psych. Yeah. Actually, we were in it. Like, um, they did a bunch of studies just to kind of see how people maintain their well-being. And basically, the study shows that people who develop hobbies or interests that are intrinsic, something personal, something that you can kind of see within yourself, um, you tend to find positive outcomes as a result of that, as opposed to kind of focusing on external interests or external factors to mm -hmm. kind of um, maintain that happiness. Yeah. Wow. That's, we learn a little every day. Literally. Yeah. It's true, because if you just sit down and make a goal for yourself, like, oh, today, you know, Trisha, you're learning code right now. Today, I want to learn this particular language and get better at it. And then you see that progress, and that's kind of like an instant gratification, but that's the type of gratification that you worked for. That we want. Like, that's positive, you exactly, know? Exactly, you know? Right? It's not something that's unattainable, you know? Like, we look at other things that are like, oh, I want to grasp this. Like, I want this to be a part of my life. Which, coming to that, like, if you think about a lot of... I'm not going to clock them, but Instagram models yeah, right. and influencers who promote this lifestyle mm -hmm. that we yearn for so much. Mm -hmm. We look mm -hmm. at someone in the Bahamas, also don't travel during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to say that. But, you know, on their yachts and promoting these expensive brands and stuff. Mm -hmm. We keep thinking, oh, why can't that be me? I yep. want to be that. Comparison. And that's what I think attributes to a lot of the mental health issues that people face when it comes to social media because... It's like they're longing for a life that really isn't real, that comes with so many things behind the scenes. Money, a lot of, not maybe not a lot for some people, plastic surgery, <laughs> doctors, <laughs> personal trainers. There's so many other things that come into play when it comes to these influencers on social media. So I think that for me, if I don't feel good about the people that I'm following, I'm not going to follow them. So I've actually followed, unfollowed a lot of influencers that I used to follow in the past because they honestly didn't make me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. So I think that's important too to kind of help check in with yourself and kind of be realistic and honest with yourself in that sense. You know, this is a time where we're really not going to escape social media, but I feel like especially the younger generations, they kind of need to be educated on positive content versus negative content. You know, the type of content just like what Ashley was explaining that makes you feel really uncomfortable or insecure. Uh, I think it's important to really talk about that and kind of learn to define what's positive and what's negative for our well-being. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Because it's your social media sites that you're on. It's your account. So you get to choose how you want your account to look and what your vibe and what you want it to be and stuff. So I think that you shouldn't try to live up to all these false and unrealistic expectations that realistically are just, you know, so it's a platform. Like we still live in the real world, you know, like once you get off your phone, like you're, you're still surrounded by people. I mean, maybe some people aren't as much with COVID, but you know what I'm you saying. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, COVID safe up in this COVID house. COVID safe, you know. But that's the thing. At the end of the day, you got to realize that all those things are being so fabricated. There's Photoshop, you know, there's money being thrown. There's a lot of like contractors and a lot of, yeah, like just so much debauchery. debauchery like i said what i said she said what you she know? said and like how do we know that these instagram models aren't going through like rigorous mm -hmm. you know like 
a daily um, mental trauma from their um, promoters. Some of them still do. Yeah. Like, they talk about it, though, you know, how they feel the pressure. I just really wonder, though, like, who would all these influencers be without a like button? Would they be anywhere? No. Would they be anybody? You know yes, what I'm saying? Yeah. Or the follow button at that point. <laughs> or the follow, literally, yeah. the follow yeah. button, you know? But then at the same time, it kind of depends on why are they influencers. They could be like artsy people, do-it-yourself people. Just yes. like they could still have that sense of creativity. True, 1,000%. But I, think, I see what you're saying. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think there's two types of influencers. There's people who I think actually um, put out a positive influence on the world and then there's people who, who just do it for the money yeah it's for or for the clout exactly clout chasers you know what i'm saying but i mean i i just find it funny kind of going back to the social dilemma how the guy that invented the like button on facebook doesn't even have facebook anymore on his phone like he deleted it because of all the psychological effects that that can have and a lot of these people who were ceos the presidents of all these companies pinterest twitter um, you know, based off of the documentary, have left these companies. The ex-Google, um, yes. uh, the guy who, yes. you know, is doing the stuff. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I can't remember his name right now, but I know who you're talking about. But so many of them are now speaking out about how, like, it's gone too far. Like, it's really gone too far. And it, it's really, social media and all these devices and platforms have really dehumanized um, people. And it's just... I think I remember, it was Tristan something. Yes. yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. 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 Tristan. Yes. Something. Her mm -hmm. Harris. It, I, it. It could be. He worked for Google. Yes. Or one of them. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, big, big corporations. Mm -hmm. He left it to start his own social media ethics group. Yeah. Um, and he's kind of teaching people how, like, ethics, um, and there's how there's a need for a common uh, ethics board for stuff like this. Yeah. Because all these big companies have their own little ethics group mm -hmm. and they decide what's good for the company and they decide what's good but they're not looking at it from a holistic approach for the good of everyone exactly you yeah. know Very so that's true. and the people that left those companies now a lot of them don't even have these platforms on their own personal phones as well and they have even said that the children you know their own children they don't allow them to use these platforms either so i feel like that says a lot would you guys give your children Social media. How old and are when? we talking? Like, that's the thing. Oh, when I would see. you... I think by the time they're in high school, um, they're going to develop a potentially rebellious nature, and I really don't want to have to deal with that. So I would like to meet them in the middle ground. Or, like, sorry, meet them in the middle. But uh, that that is a good question. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of concerned because if you think about when social media came up for us, we were at a time where we were kind of young but not too young mm -hmm. but if you think about our kids they're gonna come into a world where there's already been so many social media platforms yeah so how are we gonna like you know if Manage, you think about yeah cope survive yeah, <laughs> yeah. all of those because we came into world. if you put it in perspective when we were born we already had the computer Mm -hmm. So we started using the computer at a young age, but we didn't necessarily have access to the internet. Shout out to MSN and MySpace. Oh my god. <laughs> Yahoo Messenger for Back anyone. <laughs> I used to use paint. Wow. Paint. Just oh yeah. Do, just do paint. Yeah. You know, play. Um, try to play solitaire. Didn't play yes. it right. <laughs> yes. Oh my god. Back to the good old days, man. I honestly don't know. I think that, who, do you think it's um, these companies' responsibilities or the government's responsibility to step in to kind of control or to put some sort of, 
leg legislations, whatever, whatever, when it comes to this kind of stuff? Or do you think it's the responsibility mainly of the parents of the kids to kind of monitor what what's going on in the homes when it comes to phone use and the addictive qualities and aspects of it? I think it's everybody's responsibility because everybody can play a role in, you know, regulating and educating people. Mm -hmm. So as a parent, I think you really need to educate, you know, sit down and have a talk with your child and really let them know. And as bad as it sounds, um, I'm kind of glad issues like the Cambridge Analytica, you know, all those scandals came out because mm. it really shifted the eyes of the common people mm -hmm. to issues of, you know, data breach, data mining, Absolutely. all that stuff. Because we wouldn't have known if things like this weren't taken to Congress, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if Mark yeah. Zuckerberg wasn't asked questions and stuff like that. Um, so in a way, as bad as it sounds, you know, we had those scandals, a lot of people's data you know we're compromised but that kind of you know woke it, people up yeah it ties it definitely ties into everything um but i do feel like the government should have a responsibility in being transparent and they should have done it by now though they should they, at yeah. least actively work well yeah it's kind of unfortunate that they're not really working towards that as much as we'd hope for them to but yeah i think that as the general public we can do our best to stay educated you know to communicate everything and just kind of maintain that transparency among each other, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, at the end of the day, the government, all these companies, you know, can do what they do. I think a lot of it, though, does start like at home. So I was just gonna I say don't that. really know, honestly, how I would approach when it comes to my kids, because I mean, I'm not there yet. And I don't know what other social platforms are going to be out there by the time I'm going to have kids, you know, hopefully one day growing up. So I guess I'll cross that bridge when I get there. But I do, I would not want them to have social media until they were at least in high school. But you never know. You really. know I yeah. agree. Yeah. Yeah. And they should also start developing curriculums in school because it is a big thing with, you know, cyberbullying. Yeah. Mm -hmm. They need to address that issue of cyberbullying along with how social media can be detrimental mm -hmm. to mental health, yeah. mm -hmm. personal well-being. And, you know, you can be connected to your friends. But yes. you have to acknowledge that there is a very scary side behind those um laptop screens that mm -hmm. a lot of people don't acknowledge absolutely yeah. yeah i think that's a great way to wrap it up i think so you know yeah. i just everybody stay woke out there do your research be informed watch what you're looking at and you know how long you're being pre what am i what's what am i trying to say like consuming yeah. exactly it's okay to be a skeptic as long as you're informed you know yeah yeah, yeah. and just remember why do those people who made these things not using it, you know? Right? Just think about that. If yeah. you had a brand, a beauty brand that you were proud of and you didn't use it, mm -hmm. imagine all the people that would say, hmm, mm. you have a skincare brand and you don't use it. Interesting. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You so, should be asking yourself those questions for yeah. sure. Super suspicious. But yeah. That was it. All right, I'm going to go and scroll on TikTok. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, I might not do... Uh, I'm going to go read a book. <laughs> you got to go watch some Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, Netflix, I could say I'm, I'm addicted to. Oh, that's part of a ritual at this I don't point count with the pandemic. That as, I don't count that as social media, though. Am I wrong for that? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> How do they recommend you shit, bro? Get it together. Oh, my gosh. Okay, we got to talk about this after then. <laughs> no, no. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Oh Anything that gives you suggestions... They know you. Facts. They're looking at you. Big facts. They smell you. Big facts. Actually, they don't do that. No. Probably not. Hopefully not. not. Yet. I'm stinky. No. Oh, my, oh goodness. my goodness. All right. And this is on it. that note. <laughs> Alrighty. Thanks, guys, for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you guys in our next episode. 
Bye. Laters. See ya.